Top of the 2 o'clock hour here in our nation's capital. The youngest in charge movement, Ronell Willingham, sitting in for Chris Russell here on this Friday afternoon edition of the Chris Russell Show. Coming up in about two hours, Rick Doc Walker will take you on your afternoon drive home. Talking all things burgundy and gold, and we're looking at it through the lens of the NFL draft. Right now, we want to take a trip out to the Windy City is where we find our pal Brad Briggs, Brad Biggs, excuse me, who covers the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Tribune. Make sure you give him a follow on the old X app at Brad Biggs. What's going on, Brad? How you doing, my man? I'm great. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, man. Just trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen on night one of the NFL draft. And your Chicago Bears, Brad, as you know, control the NFL draft from my vantage point. They have a big-time decision to make under center when it comes to the quarterback position. If you read the tea leaves, a lot of signs starting to point towards maybe some potential frameworks of trades being put together next week in Indianapolis at the Combine when it comes to Justin Fields. Can I ask you to pretend to be Ryan Poles for a second, Mr. Biggs? What would you be doing uh, if you were the Chicago Bears with that number one overall pick? Well, you know, it's not so much – that's what I get on Twitter all the time, people thinking, like, I'm saying the Bears should do this. I, I report what I think they're going to do, and what I believe right. is going to happen is is pretty clear. I, I believe they're going to use the first pick in the draft on a quarterback. I think that process uh, starts with Caleb Williams, and that process is really just cranking up. I mean, they're going to meet face-to-face with him for the first time next week. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams didn't participate in any postseason All-Star games. He wasn't at the Senior Bowl or anything like that. So they'll get face-to-face with him for an interview beginning next week. Uh, they will do their due diligence on – um, Jaden Daniels on Drake May on JJ McCarthy on Bo Nix. I mean, they can't leave a single stone unturned yeah. with any of these quarterback prospects that you'd consider uh, near the top of the draft. And at some point, yeah, they've got to begin probably exploring trade possibilities involving Justin Fields. And it's really an interesting offseason for Chicago because the Bears not only pick at the top of the draft by virtue of their trade last year with the Carolina Panthers, they also own the ninth overall pick. So a little unique in that they have two picks uh, in the top 10 and and are sitting at uh, number one overall. Yeah, it is a a real fascinating discussion, Brad. And I think the one piece that makes all of this interesting, right, is Justin Fields' knowing what he's been throughout the first couple of years in the National Football League. What do you make out of what you've seen from Justin, and why do you think things have failed to click for him to this point? Well, the first two seasons he started, they they really didn't have um, a lot around him. And that's not an unusual position for a lot of young quarterbacks that are playing immediately in the National Football League. Like, team has a quarterback need. Uh, team uses pick on quarterback, team has a bad offensive line, doesn't have adequate playmakers, right. doesn't have a good defense. You, you know, you get into all sorts of uh, problems for these young quarterbacks. So that's not unique uh, to Justin. That happens to a lot of them. Uh, this past year they had uh, more help around him. They had D.J. Moore on the outside. They had a, an improved offensive line that needs to continue uh, to get some pieces added to it. And they've got players that need to uh, advance in their career, but they they just haven't been good enough throwing the football. They are bottom third in the National Football League in about any passing metric 
you want to look at. Fields has got 38 starts under his belt. Mm. He'll be going in the year four. Like, I don't think this is a difficult decision for the Bears. Should they use a pick on a quarterback in a good draft for quarterbacks or stick with Fields? Like, I, I just I don't think that's going to be difficult for them. Um, the, they've got to go through the process and figure out which quarterback they want to take. Yeah. I would most signs I believe would point to Caleb Williams, but it's early, early in the process. You know, not only do they need to meet him uh, in Indianapolis, they need to meet him at his pro day. They need to bring him in for a top thirty visit. Yeah. They need to have Zoom meetings with him. You know, they, they need to have no questions remaining about him before they're comfortable uh, making a decision one way or the other. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of this process when it comes to Caleb, right, Brad? And all the other you know draft prospects as well, having the opportunity to sit down with them, putting them on the whiteboard and understanding you know what type of person they are, right? Sort of peeling back those layers of the onion. With Caleb is interesting though, right, Brad? Because he doesn't have an agent and it's kind of – He's going the unorthodox route, right? A lot of people would attribute Lamar Jackson not having an agent to the reason why he fell uh, a couple of years back. When Caleb sits down with the Bears, or let me put it to you like this. Let's just be straightforward with it. Reading the tea leaves, it it seems to be a possibility, and I'm just going to put it as a possibility, that maybe Caleb decides, you know what, I don't want to play for Chicago. In that instance, how would you see Chicago pivoting and reacting? I just don't see that as likely here. I, I just – could I rule it out? No. But nothing and, – and there's been all sorts of rumor and innu, innuendo about Caleb and, and what he'll do and, and what demands he may or may not have going back to the summer. Yeah. Okay? But I, I don't I don't see that happening. And, and I'll tell you what. You look at the Bears and the position they're in right now with that first pick and you look at the roster and this isn't the traditional roster that the number one pick in the draft is going to join. Uh, Generally speaking, that team at the top of the draft has earned that pick with an atrocious football season, (laughs) a bad roster, a bunch of injuries, some bad coaching, all of it, you know, check all of those boxes. By no means were the bears great this past season. They weren't even good. Uh, they were competitive uh, at times, but you drop that quarterback that they're going to take at number one, most likely into this locker room. And you've got DJ Moore at wide receiver. You've got Cole Komet at tight end. They've got enough running backs to make it happen. They've got some young offensive linemen that were solid that appear to be getting better. Uh, they played good defense that became better defense once they acquired Montez Sweat. This is a much better situation for a quarterback to be drafted number one overall and join than just about any quarterback that's gone with the top pick over the last 10 or 20 years. I mean, think about the situations that some of those guys walked into, and and they were difficult. They were hard. They were on bad teams. And and this isn't – I'll repeat it. It's not a great team, but there's much more in place here than you normally have for that number one pick, like, you know, it'd be completely different conversation if you're talking about, well, what 
what would a quarterback joining the Panthers have around him? And I, and I understand there's Bryce Young there, but yeah. I think I think you you get what I'm saying. Right, I do, I do, and I think it's a valid point that you're making. The one question I have, and we're joined right now by Brad Biggs, who covers the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Tribune. Make sure you give him a follow on the old X app at Brad Biggs. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Plus, I'm, mm-hmm. I grew up in Falls Church. Oh, you're from here, my guy. I didn't even realize that. Okay, so you're DMV through and through. Where'd you go? Well, Jeb, Jeb Stewart graduate. They've since ah. changed the name, but they have not <laughs> been able to uh, ch- change the letter jacket that's somewhere in one of my closets. So okay. uh, I still call it Jeb Stewart. I'm about to say, yeah, my, my producer behind the glass, Matthew Essig, is a uh, Virginia native as well. I'm a Montgomery County cat, Brad. I was born and okay, raised in Gettysburg. Yeah, you're over on the other side. I'm over on the other side. I heard you join my pal J.P. Finley earlier. He's a Montgomery County cat as well. So keeping it local here, Brad. But th- this is the thing, though, with me, right? What's different this time around with the decision at the top of the draft in comparison to last year in terms of, like, they yeah, chose to trade out of the spot last year. Why will that right. be different this year? What is different? Well, I, I think it's different because you've 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 had Justin Fields for a, a full year for this regime, which is Ryan Poles, the GM, and Matt Eberflus, the head coach, yeah. guys that came in and inherited him. Fields was here when they arrived. So uh, they gave it a go this past season. They made some moves to put him in an opportunity to have more success. He was better than he was in 2022. Mm -hmm. But in a passing league, the Bears aren't where you need to be uh, to be competitive. Like, what do the teams that are perennially in the playoffs and pursuing a Lombardi trophy have in common? That's one thing. They've all got elite quarterbacks. Like, to chase that Lombardi trophy year after year, you've got to have one. And Fields is going to be entering year four. It was different last year when he's entering year three. They made the move that they did. They felt good about it. They had no way of knowing right. the Panthers would be as abysmal as they were, <laughs> that it would that it would turn into the top pick in the draft. And, and here they are again. Last year, they said, you know what? We're cool with this trade. Um, Bryce Young's okay. We're not in love with him. Yeah. C.J. Stroud's okay. We're not in love with him. Well, in retrospect, probably a good thing they didn't take Bryce. Yeah. D.J. Stroud would look pretty good in a Bears uniform right now. They've got an opportunity to go out and get their own guy. Yeah, I think I understand the the, the thought process wholeheartedly. I'm more interested in the Justin Fields angle of all of this, man, because – and I know you've gotten to cover him on an up-close and personal basis, so you have a little more insight than the average cat does. I asked you why things didn't work for him. One thing you didn't say, it wasn't for a lack of effort. What do you hear about Justin in terms of – the amount of time he spends in the classroom and then away from the facility trying to be great. Because one thing you know, Brad, covering the National Football League for a long time, when it comes to the quarterback position, you have to be in love uh, with, with being a tape warrior and grinding the film to be great. 
Yeah, no, and and you haven't heard anyone with the Bears organization, teammates, coaches, scouts, front office people say a bad word about him because they yeah. like Justin. Yeah. Okay, they're like Justin has checked all of those boxes. He he is a good teammate. He is a hard worker. He's conscientious. Mm. Um, all of all of those things are are pluses in terms of his makeup and and what he brings to the organization. So um, y- you want all of that, but it's just they're 38 starts in and and he's playing for guys that, that didn't have a, a hand in bringing I mean, him. Right, right. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I hear what you're saying. The only thing that gets me about the whole notion of him being 38 starts in, he, he's 38 starts in, but, but has had zero consistency around him. And I understand right. the elite yeah. prospects raise guys level around them, but it's just hard to digest. Now, it, it's difficult, but here's what I would here's where I would challenge you. Mm-hmm. Go find a quarterback that that's had that much experience, and his his numbers are at a similar level. Okay, and then he all of a sudden became a guy. He well, he became yeah. one of those top tier passers. That that's a very difficult exercise. To perform, am I saying that's impossible with Justin Fields? No, of course not. He could go somewhere and uh, and have better talent around him and have uh, different coaching and yeah. and a different offense and and begin to take off. That that could happen. I don't know, but but I do know the examples yeah. of finding quarterbacks that have gone through that experience with that kind of timeline with three solid years of starting, a lot of starting experience. And then taken off, it, that that's it's tough to locate that guy. Really difficult. Yeah, I, I hear you when when you say that. There's just not a real precedent for it, and I, I understand wholeheartedly what you mean by that. Uh, one thing that's been reported, really, all the way back since, well, really, past couple of weeks, more more so, we're starting to get more noise on this. The idea of, yeah, I know what you said, Brad, that Chicago, you know, probably is going to take Caleb Williams, but if a Godfather offer presents itself they'd be willing to pick up the phone. you have any idea of the framework of a quote-unquote godfather offer to Chicago would be? I, I mean, that's that's really hard to say. I mean, because it's. I, I think the first question you'd have to answer is, okay, where are they moving to? Like, right. are, are they are they going to number two with the commanders? Or are they going to number, um, you know, Five or they go to eight with the Falcons? Like, yeah. you know, is there a team in the teens, Denver, or Seattle that that's got uh, uh, extreme interest in that top pick? Like, you'd have to answer that. Yeah. And I just considering the quarterback history here, yeah, I, I don't know how how the Bears can seriously entertain an offer uh, from anybody. And it would it would it would almost require a, a perfect scenario where at the end of their process yeah. they've got practically identical grades on two quarterbacks and they they feel like they can make a move and still get one of those two guys and the odds of them having nearly identical grades on on multiple quarterbacks seems um yeah. very unlikely right, right. uh to, to me they, they I just I don't think they can get cute and and fool around here yeah, I think you you put it perfectly, right? Because if Caleb is the guy, just take him, right? No need to really get cute. The only thing that I would right. if, go ahead. If go ahead. The, if the, and if the guy's Drake May, then, you then take, take him, him because, right? Exactly. Because 
Because here's what's going to have to happen. At the end of this process, when they stack their board, okay, Mm -hmm. when they say, okay, here's five quarterbacks, four, six, however many you want to throw in there, they're going to have to rank them. They're going to have to meet with ownership and explain, okay, here's our quarterback board. Here's how we arrived at these conclusions. Here's the evidence we used. Here's what we found. Here's what we like. Here's the questions we have. And this is our final order. Yeah. You give that to ownership. You answer the questions that ownership is going to have. And then you get ready for the draft to start on April 25th. How can a team that's been so inept for so many decades at the quarterback position that owns the top pick take the risk of coming out of that draft without the quarterback they explain the ownership was at the top of their draft board. Yeah, and especially if and this kind of segues us in perfectly to the next thing I was going to ask you. What do you make of the, the, the current scenario with the coaching staff right now in Chicago? I just think it's really strange is how I would put it to once again draft a quarterback number one overall with Eberflus going into a lame duck year here. Yeah, I, I think that there's a possibility that exists here that that the general manager, Ryan Poles, that ownership feels a lot better about Matt Eberflus than, than maybe some of the, the people in the fan base do. That's uh, they were competitive this past season. Uh, it, they, they showed buy-in uh, from the locker room. They, they got better dramatically on the defensive uh, side of the ball, and, and that was even before the trade with the commanders yeah. to, to bring in Montez Sweat. But it's a fair question, and it's something – that we wondered about locally uh, through December and the very beginning of January because you thought, okay, well, is there a possibility here that they want to get an offensive-minded head coach in place if they're going to turn around and use the top pick in the draft on a quarterback? Brad, my friend, this was absolutely fun. I like you even more knowing that you're a DMV cat, my man. Super knowledgeable. I appreciate you giving us some time and good luck over the next 60-some days figuring out what the Bears are going to do, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. Yes, sir. That is Brad Biggs. Just simply phenomenal. I think his vantage point on all of this is unique because he covers the Chicago Bears on a day-to-day basis. He's been there since Justin was drafted. And the one thing that actually gives me, you know, I don't even want to say, it makes me feel good, I guess, is knowing that, Justin hasn't not worked out because Justin isn't putting the work in. And I know, as Brad alluded to, that's something that hadn't really come out of Chicago. But with the the performance being as up and down as it's been, it was only natural to wonder if Justin was doing everything he needed to do uh, to ensure his success. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, I want to react and take some of your calls uh, to what we heard from Brad Biggs. He anticipates the Chicago Bears staying put with that number one overall pick. In that scenario, what would you want the commanders to do? I'll tell you more next. You're on the Team 980.